tell you what, Super, I fucking hate Bob Hodge. He's just a fat though. Oh, he's Well, if you chuck the secret today, I'm going to start listening? recording five seconds before I hit record so I can capture what I, what I say beforehand <laughs> and the denial that comes from you two about talking through <laughs> intros, and then all of a sudden it happens. <laughs> How are we, fellas? Oh, sorry, have you done the intro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, what a surprise. What a surprise. What sort of um, head director have we got for this show, buddy? No, I, I, I had microphone issues again, mate. I, I just, yeah, couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe shock it. The, shock, the old shock to be sitting here, Luke Darcy scenario. Oh, God. You both but going well? Oh, I'm going well. I'm, you know, I can't believe Robbo printed what he printed, all full of lies. He said Dangerfield's feet didn't lift the ground when it did. But anyway... I'm well, and we'll talk about Robbo later in the show. UCB? I'm fantastic, because Essendon coughed up a 40-point lead, oh. and then lost by oh, a point, and then, and then Geelong got beaten by last year's Wooden Spoon oh. as the first team to can, do it since 1971. That's a record. Can, yeah, can, I, can I bring up a tweet that got sent out during the Adelaide game from our very own Tiger 71? He went the uh, early crow with minimal research about shit-canning Tex Walker having a bad game and someone <laughs> yes, quickly pointed out kicked five goals up to that stage. Yeah, I only watched the last quarter, right? So I literally tune in. I tune in because I just assumed, like everyone else, that, you know, I don't want to watch Geelong, you know, Roll pill them, you know, with yeah, that safe yeah. word, right? So um, I heard it on the radio, hold on, the, oh, fuck the scores. He's had the scores, so I hopped on. And, and in the last quarter, to my defence, Tex did nothing. Like he couldn't run. Right, it was. He was pretty gassed. He was, yeah, yeah, it was a pretty fast-paced game, to be honest. Yeah, I fully understand that now because he had kicked five. So, and I've seen his goals, and they were absolutely. He epic. he dominated that first part of the game on college, hasn't he? Yeah, no, no, I was feeling good on him. So now that that I got a bit of a chuckle out of that tweet in the reply, so that was very good. <laughs> but I put uh, my hand up when I'm wrong. I'm not some on this show. I fucking just you know. Didn't do the like, Tom Brown example, quick you know, delete. You know, fucking like I claim Macintosh uh, before anyone else. If people want to jump on, I'll go crazy about it. All right, uh, listeners, you might be able to, to tell that I'm a bit raspy. My voice is about to cark it. So CB and Tiggs are going to run the show tonight, and I'll just chime in whenever they throw to me, because otherwise I'll be cactus in a couple of minutes. Uh, thank you to the wife for passing on whatever it is that she's got. Uh, but p- before we get stuck into it, I handball it over to you two. Just want to say, if everyone was watching the bounce last night, that uh, my, well, I say my tweet because it's from my account, but um, on the numerology segment with Cam Mooney, so we've, we've made it to Fox Footy, fellas. That was yep. the wife's good work with the numerology, but uh, another claim to fame. And before CB take, kicks off the show, I just want to say, Michael, sit back on your recliner, take your pants off, and just watch CB do his magic, mate. I'm very, very excited to see CB 17 anchor the show. I'm and Tucker to... should love it because it's kind of having like a veterans, you know, old person type of vibe about it. So he should <laughs> love it. He, he, will, he, will, he will love it. I think you're both going to do a stand-up job, just bouncing off each other, and it's. Uh, I'm, I think we're, we're good to go. So, CB, you can roll with the, the first segment. I will, but firstly, I'm just going to say, nerds disgust me. I'm the jock that pushed you pricks into the lockers and laughed. Numerology, what is that about? <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you meant the lolly nerds. Bar. I'm like, where are you going with that? What's wrong with the, the lollies, the nerds? Okay. Hey, mate, it's here, nerds, bullies, uh, fucking bullying on our show. We don't even have right, a yeah. What is this, the West Coast podcast? What have I just thrown into? <laughs> nerds. Right, let's get into it. Preview. So the review of the Carlton game. So, uh, obviously, on Thursday night, we had our opening game of the round, where we saw the magnificent Richmond Tigers, 15-15-105, defeat Carlton, 11-14-80, by 25 points in front of 49,000 people at the G. But as we know, while the margin was 25 points, uh, it certainly was a very, very tight game. So, Tiggs, what were your thoughts on it? Look, um, I was I have to admit, I didn't have trepidations, probably too strong of a um, word, fellas, but I did call it was going to be around about, you know, 22 to 24 points. I think I was off by one because 
with the shorted preseason that the teams for us and Geelong as well, you know, haven't because we made the grand final. We've had four weeks less than anybody else, and on top of that, our preseason was cut short by another month. So. We're coming up, all these bottom sides have had basically eight weeks prep to get match fitness, you know, in the sense that, um, you know, the run in the legs where a lot of the, and it, and I was proved my sort of thought processes were proved right this round where we've had the upsets. But on the game, I was with this with my cult mate, obviously we're watching it from home. And I'm only going off what I could see on the TV, guys. So if you see something, if I comment on something that's true vision and what I saw on the TV, I'm, I'm not at the ground. So if you've seen something that I've missed, um, or I've got something wrong, and that's the reason why. Um, look, Colton did a lot of things right in the sense that they – well, look, I won't say right's too strong of a word. Put it this way. Teague was more bullish about their win last year than he was this year if he watched his press conference, and there was a simple reason why. They got smashed in a lot of the KPIs that win you a game of football. Why it was close, because a lot of their midfielders and um, forwards – went to Seagull. Went, as soon as they thought there was going to be a turnover, they ran um, for um, goal side. Um, now, that paid off for them. They got three or four goals from that. Um, but you can't win games of football if you're doing it all the time because what actually happens is as we start to shore up defensively, each quarter in red time, we beat them um, and beat them quite easily every red time. It, they might be a couple of goals in front or a goal in front and then we'll just go bang, 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 bang. So... Their defenders did what they've been doing for three or four years is giving me the absolute fucking shit. Excuse the language. Only way I can do it. They are illegally blocking, pulling the arms, grabbing the necks and getting away with it. So that's in part I give our forwards a little bit of a chop out this game, um, being its first game back, underprepared physically compared to their other defenders. But also with the 75 inside 50s, if this was officiated, in my opinion, correctly in the back line, um, we would have probably got an extra three or four goals from that. Um, so did Colton improve or was it the fact that they got some cheap, easy goals? It's probably for me half and half. They, they were brave in the sense that they wanted to do the seagull and they persisted with it through the whole um, old game. But like I said to my mate Gaz, I said, Gaz, I said, mate, I don't see any change in your game plan other than that. You still can't defend a turnover. So... I think they're going to tread water this year, in my personal opinion. But that's really my take on the actual Colton performance. On the Richmond performance, we could probably expound on that after you've given your initial input, CB. Well, look, I thought I thought Carlton played a very credible game of football, if I'm honest with you. I thought they um, they were very competitive uh, around the middle. Um, I don't, really, what, what I think won us the game or got us going was really Nankervis's drive out of the ruck. Um, and our on-ballers after initially got shell shot. They were belted for about the first 35, 40 minutes of the game. But then Bolton um, took over. He had a fantastic um, two-thirds. Uh, Edwards come into the game, pressed out. All the guys that you want to start getting kicks. And um, let's face it, Dustin Martin, he's clocked football, and he just reminded everybody again why there is Dustin Martin, Daylight, and everybody else. His game was exceptional. And I wouldn't say he was the difference, but I would say it was guys like Martin and Rewalt and all those experienced heads, they knew how to win a game of football. And when push came to shove, when it was time to win, our guys um our guys took took their moments and kicked the clutch goals. Yeah, you no, agree with that? Yeah, look, in part I do. Um, look, centre clearances, well, I loved our midfielders' performance against theirs because Colton were doing the helter-skelter approach um, and the stats back it up. Like, for example, in centre clearances, you know, you know, we nearly doubled them. Um, and and centre clearance is not inherently a strength from us. So I think, um, yeah, what I wrote down here, we had 19 clearances to their 10 and um, centre clearances this year. So in the gut. So um, that, that in part is because of the, you know, powerful work that, you know, like people like Jack Graham did. You know, I, I thought Prestia was had a really solid first hit out, um, you know, particularly with missing Cochin. Um, we, we didn't lose, it, it, we didn't lose much with him not being on the, on the field outside of his leadership, which I was really pleased to see. I agree with you about Nan Curvis. He's, he's so underrated. People talk about underrated footballers and he's still not getting the credit from Oppo supporters that he deserves. He's an elite ruck to me. He, he, um, not just in relation to his tap work, which is getting really, really good in the sense to advantage, but his work rate around the ground, yeah. But I've got to. I can't. I can't ignore Jack Graham. Um, 
Well, I'll just, I'll just say this, right? Everyone gave Dusty the three votes, right? And rightly so. And rightly but, so. But over four... I found it really hard to split the two, if, if I'm honest with you. I, I would have been... I know Dusty does the spectacular things, but Graham, uh, Graham Martin... <laughs> Graham over the four quarters was just phenomenal. Look, I thought his work rate was outstanding. The reason I'd give it to Dusty outside of the amazing is that you could tell Dusty, in my mind, how he appeared on TV, was acting like he was a captain of the football club. He was very selfless, probably a bit too selfless um, in parts of the game, you know, trying to pass it all the time, trying to get other players into the game. Jack Graham just played his game, and, and it was a team-orientated game because that's how he is naturally, but he just allowed to play his game without any additional responsibility. So that's the reason why I'll probably still edge it to Dusty because even though, look, Jack Graham, like you said, and rightly so, his output, I reckon, in the four quarters – if not match, probably exceeded slightly Dustin Martin. Dusty just um, was a bit more selfless, but also when we needed a goal, he provided it. Yeah. Um, and he got us to four points. Um, yeah. Look, how's how's this to Jack Rewalt? He's, he's looking 2017, Jack, for me, 2018, 2017. He, he's moving really well. He's, his timing is impeccable. Even though he was getting scragged and... Um, Pulled off the ball, one arm pinned, and that's you know um, a common trait that Jones always does. Holds that one arm to his chest um, and always gets away with it. He, but he still managed to get contested marks, and he still well, managed and he kicked beautifully. Well, I think I think Jack's a beneficiary. I think you know, find guys like Jack uh, Rewart are going to be a beneficiary of this new rule because with, with play with the ball movement so much quicker, and Jack being one of the smartest, or if not the smartest, full forward in the league. Um, he gets the drop on his opponent very, very quickly. And, yeah, he was like a razor. Now, yeah. I'll say this um, just very, very quickly. Dave Asprey, lucky. Lucky his elbow did not connect. Yeah. March bank in the head. That was a such a dumb action. And hopefully we don't see him do that again for the rest of the year because uh, he got lucky. I agree with you. And, look, I would have been happy if he had a cop to suspension for one week. Um, but I have to say this. That reminded me of when Grimes got um, uh, uh, um, blasted in the media and by everyone else for diving. If you look at it again, I've seen that vision three times. Asprey did do the arm shrug, no doubt. But he didn't do it at any real speed or any real force. Plowman, he threw an elbow back. No, no, no. He shrugged his arm. Yeah, he, no, he elbow threw back. an elbow back. Yeah, he, yeah. But, the, but, but that, that aside, the elbow didn't hit Plowman. The fleshy part of the arm did, so thank yeah, God for right. that. He's and, Plow- and Plowman dropped like he got hit by the elbow. If you look at it, he literally poleaxed himself. The second the ump played the reversal, look at Plowman. He jumped up, no issue, nothing happened. To take yeah, a shot what, on goal. Expect, mate, I'd hope our blokes. I would, I would hope our blokes would be smart enough to do that. Somebody yeah, like threw an exactly. elbow back and, and that, that's my point. Grimes did that against Brisbane. When there was an arm thrown back at him, he, he took it and then dropped, right? If you remember Hipwood yep. in the pocket. But the outrage on Grimes for that action, but there's been nothing said about Plowman doing the flop. Yeah. Ah, don't worry about that shit. That's yeah. in the past. Now, yeah. um, we'll I never just forget say, those, CB. I never forget some. Yeah, it's okay. Yep, that's two years ago. We don't care. Bolter, uh, just special mention yes. to, to Noah Bolter. He's an yes. Alex Rance clone. and um, It's unsettling Bolter. Bolter. Yeah. Bolter is his own beast, I reckon. He he has a different dynamic. He has a different – he has one extra dimension. And this is big. I'm a Rance fan. Everyone knows this. I love Rance, and I still do. But Rance was a great intercept defender. He could read the game better than anyone else, and he was an athletic beast. Bolter can't read the game yet as good as Rance, not even close, right? And that will come with game day experience. But Bolter, in my opinion – has a lot is a lot more athletic, but he has more. He has a far better reaction time than Rance. Like that intercept where he was on his knees, the play's coming towards him, the ball gets smacked in, and he put his left hand out like a goalkeeper, and he stopped the ball from actually going past him. Do you recall that? It was in the last yeah, quarter. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was got a goal for us. Yeah, that was just absolute uh, magic, and he's only and that's his eighteenth game. And, and, and you know, it's and, amazing. And just 
and just the final thing, I guess, is with this new rule and the way it's kicked in, um, for us to have 75 forward entries uh, was just phenomenal. And that's a sign of things to come. Because, like I said, Carlton aren't the worst team going around. And if we can get 75 inside entries into a mob like Carlton, I think um, for a shit truck like Hawthorne next week, watch out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'll speak a bit more about that in on, on, my, on my little segment. Yep. Yeah. Okay, mate. So that sort of concludes our preview of the game. And over to you, Tix. Yeah. Um, now, I wanted to talk to you. It's a bit about what's across the whole round. Um, just a discussion on the sub rule. Um, for example, you know, the injury sub so far got used, I think, eight times. Um, you know, people are talking about the loophole. Can it be exploited? I, I was I was ropeable that, you know, obviously because it's Richmond, we all get judged differently. As soon as we pulled Vloston, it was like, oh, you know, they've rorted it. And where common sense will tell you, you're not going to take one of your best backmen out and replace them with a, you know, young um, young midfielder. Just doesn't make any sense. But what's your take on it, how it was utilised? What are your thoughts? Do you think it was exploited in the round? Do you think that's a real danger? No, look, I, th- I think this round the rule was used correctly. And, and I will we'll use Nick Vloston as my example. So Nick Vloston might have cartilage damage. Now, in a normal game, they'd jab it, they'd strap him up. He would risk further damage to his knee. So he would risk further damage to his knee just to get us through our rotations and get us through that one game and risk further damage to himself down the line. But because of the use of this sub rule, we were able to take him off and protect the player, which is what the rule is there for. So, therefore, Nick Flossen was able to come off, not further injure himself, right, which helps him then, you know, bounce back quicker for his employment, be it a week, two weeks down the track, so he doesn't get any further injured, and Ross comes on. So, I think in our, the applications, the, the rule is there to – it's there to protect the players. We've protected Nick Flossen from further injuring himself, so I don't see what the issue was. Mate, common sense, like always, CB, and that's probably a good segue into your um, bloodbath. And being Michael's is, you know, pulled the old I'm an injured card. I'll do the introduction for you, mate, and I've worked long and hard for it. And um, yeah, All right. Yeah, so ready? Here we go. Here's the music. Here's the music introduction. Staying alive. Staying alive. <laughs> <laughs> Staying alive. Baby, that's I'm a bit emotional after that. That was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Now, my bloodbath. To the people in the media trying to downplay Patrick Dangerfield's bump on Kelly, you're stupid. And you're stupid for a few reasons. You can't have Cochin rubbed out for a football act, but then justify Patrick's because it's an accidental contact to the head. Here's the real thing to consider. Kelly's now suffering the full impact of being knocked out plus a busted nose because a player elected to bump and make intentional body contact. He had a choice. There should be no good bloke discount. So the rules right now, it's a three-game minimum suspension, nothing less. If the AFL is serious about protecting players in concussion, then there can be no leniency at all. And it has to be a minimum of three weeks. I'm not interested in making comparisons, etc. What I'm interested in is seeing if the AFL can walk the walk after talking the talk. Done. Agree. How's how's Dangerfield now lying about it, saying he didn't actually bump? He didn't oh, mean I, to oh, go. Oh, I nearly crazy. threw my phone across that's the room. The only, I saw that. But that's the only defence he can do. Uh, but he's now officially a liar. Like, if you had integrity, it's like if I shot you, Michaels, in the leg, I get caught with the gun, everyone's got and you've got it on video, and then I've come around, and if I have integrity, I'll say, yeah, I shot him in the leg. He's saying, no, no, I didn't, I didn't shoot him. It's just ridiculous. Someone posted on Twitter uh, a pulled away camera shot of the of the incident, and he's run about you know seven to ten meters, making a beeline for him, and didn't bother about attempting the ball. I've got no idea how Geelong could possibly argue he didn't elect to bump. It's just that really angered me. And yeah, the fact he's the head of the AFL PA or the president or whatever he is to come out with that, it just isn't good enough in my opinion. He needs to, he should have owned his actions. Um, and set an example for everyone. But. Well, because because of the way Christian's graded this, I'm telling you, it is minimum. The way it has been graded and sent up the line, it is minimum three weeks. So if the AFL's going to balls, they'll give him four. They should give him four based on yep. precedent. Like you had 
other players that hit other players in the head got four weeks. There was one incident, I've forgotten which player it was, but it wasn't that far along. Uh, I think it was sometime last year, maybe, or the year before. They got four weeks, it, it, it basically, because they based it on the injury. And for Dusty to get one week off as a GWS game, um, for that, what, little bit of an arm shrug that um, touched the guy on the upper chest, because it had potential to call injury, Dangerfield's done. There's no four weeks minimum, it should be. Absolutely. Now, listeners, we have a new segment. So I don't have any sexy vocals. Uh, Are you going to sing in return? (laughs) I think you should. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to give the tiger drum. Time for Tig's 71 Tiger Den segment. All right. It's, um, you know, the 22nd of the 3rd. Write that down in your calendars, people. It's a momentous day. Five years from now, if you live in Franks, and you'll be able to tell your third child that you've conceived in that five-year period that, you know, you were there and you've listened to the first airing of the show. But, look, I'll keep it quick. It's three to five minutes. Um, what it basically is is what I've analysed during the course of the round. Um, as you know, I've got a few people that work in the coaching ranks, and I had a bit of a chat about the new rule and how it affected Richmond. So just briefly, um, we have a method to combat the standing the mark rule, and you can see it how it was performed, you probably, if you're at the game, you probably, this would probably make a lot more sense. I wasn't, but this is a lot of this has been said to me, is how we're trying to combat it. Last year and the years gone by, we defend the mark because we delay the mark so we can set up behind the ball, and that's our strength. We can no longer do that. So what we've done now is our backline players are now pressing really, really, really high up the ground. Um, so essentially, um, so if the kicker is forced to kick short. And by that change, we have a lot of – we can apply immediate pressure on that ball carrier if they don't mark it, you know, going to spoil or the attempted spoil, which was clearly <coughs> on evidence um, at the start of the game and, and during the course of the game. The problem is with that is – and we've made a lot of – obviously, a few errors. We got better at the second half, but it, we're, we're now prone to getting scored out the back um, if we press too high. So we'll get better at it. I've got no doubt about it. But that seems to be the angle that Richmond's taking to defend against it. Instead of delaying the mark, because you really can't, we're trying to press up with an extra layer of defence, which is pushed a little bit higher. So we've got a three-line defensive system, which is what we normally use. We're pushing the line one and two up higher and still keeping the third defence anchored pretty deep. So, um, yeah, I reckon... reckon, uh, It's a glass half full for us at the moment, but I think we're a lot more better prepared... Um, than most clubs. But on the flip side, offensively, it is exactly like um, it was explained to me and I sort of mentioned it last week. Players such as Graham, Short, our runners, our carriers, um, feed off transition and they will just explode in the competition. To be able to get 75 inside 50s in the easing way we got it, particularly too with Colton playing out of their skins, because like I even said to Gaz, do you see Colton playing any better this year than that? He goes, no, well, I don't think so. So, um, and Colton probably would have beaten 14 other sides. So, if they hadn't come up against us, so yeah, it's um, it's we're gonna we're gonna feast on goals. We've just <coughs> got to get that transition and our leading lanes right. Right. Um, uh, Colton defended well in the sense they clogged um, Lynch's um, leading lane, so he could not lead up to the ball as often as he would like. But we combated that by using Jack Rewalt and push Lynch more as a decoy. But, no, mate, guys, just batten your hatches down. We'll, we'll, I honestly believe, and this is what got told me, and I believe him, he reckons we'll probably drop two or three games for the whole entire year if we maintain our form. So we're looking at an 18-win season, 19-win um, season. That's the top season we're going to have. So this new rule, big tick from me. Can I ask you, CB... Because you were probably the one out of the three of us that was a little bit unsure how we would go with this rule. You kind of thought it might have had a negative effect. Has your thought changed after seeing it in action? Oh, look, um, after watching it in, in the flesh, uh, well, actually, if you actually looked at apart from the Collingwood Dogs game where the, where Pies just, again, parked the bus because they shit the bed <laughs> about five minutes in, every game of footy that I saw... The ball, it was just manic. And the ball's just flying in between the arcs. Like, it is that quick. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I've i come around to, to accepting the fact that I think um, it, it's going to benefit our style of play because we're just so bloody quick across the carpet. 
Um, but I do think I do agree with Tiggs. I think we'll get scored from what I saw. There's, it won't just be Richmond. There's going to be a lot more goals scored at the back as people, you know, turn it over. Everyone's just bolting one way. You know what I mean? So I can definitely see how every team is going to be scored against a bit heavier at the back. But for us... We're going to have um, an opportunity, aren't we? Look, I, I think so. And, and, and there's going to be a lot more... I'm curious to see if we're going to see the return of the one-on-one contests in deep forward because it, because of the speed of the ball movement, it doesn't allow your forwards to really push up that high. If that makes sense, yeah, I think because the ball can turn because yeah. the ball can the, the ball can turn over so quickly that you're going to need options deep. Um, so it's it's going to take time for all clubs to adjust. Obviously, it normally takes about a month to to get over it, and we haven't had. We've only had one trial game with this new rule, so we're two games in, two rounds in with this new rule. So I'm really curious to see what the game looks like in a month's time. Um, the other team that looks really good with it, because I think they've improved their small forwards, et cetera, is Port Adelaide. I think us and Port at the moment, I think that will be the two teams to beat overall. And well done, Tiggs, as well, for the topic, by the way. It's a, I like your analysis and the, the sources you can draw on to provide that to the show. I really appreciate that. Thanks, mate. Look, one thing for me, though, two things, really. I'm a purist, and I just don't like the basketball nature of the game. Like, yes, I love the pinging. I love the manic nature. So I agree with everything you said, CB. But I'm probably coming in with a different eye. It looked too much like a basketball game for me. Um, so I've got to get used to it. But the other thing, yeah. and this was brought out to my mate, um, that works in the industry, what a lot of people know. He said, Michael, you've got bookmark it. After around about round eight, because that's when teams know they're going to make finals or not. Just generally, uh, eight, between round eight and 11, that's when you know the, the eight rarely changes from that, if at all. Teams that aren't going to make it, you know what they're going to do, CB, as soon as the ball's bounced or as soon as they start getting scored against, they're going to flood. And, oh, their back and, that, and we're going to get you watch the media will turn on it. The media will say, Oh, we've got all this flooding. It's like every game. It's boring as shit. The contested nature of it on the opposition's back half. It's all going to be like watching Collingwood every single week. Um, and it's, it's going to make it a dog's breath for us. So um, this rule, if they really wanted to be fair income, should have gone with some like a caveat, like he, there's, it's probably impossible to do it, but you know you're penalised if you don't follow the spirit of the rule. Like, i.e., I don't know, I don't know how they could do it. You can't kick backwards or something like that. But yeah, people will flood because the forward lines can't lead up as high as they could because of the ball, like you said, is pinging. So they're staying in their forward fifty arc. So the defenders are, are, are generally um, enveloping them either with a ring around them and and other defenders with them. So to try to maintain it. But if that doesn't work, they're going to continue adding numbers into that into that arc, um, and it's going to get real ugly. Well, and, and I'll give you one more, just, just another thing. You talk about the importance of this rule change and what it means to some teams. There's a statistic mentioned on SN today. Did you know that if you go zero and two after the first two rounds, you have an 11% chance of making finals? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Um, so, fuck shit, Brisbane. So, <laughs> so you talk, you're talking Carlton versus Collingwood. Geelong versus Brisbane. Um, you're talking St Kilda versus <coughs> well, St Saint, Saint Melbourne both had a win. Yep. <coughs> you're talking yeah, Bulldogs and Westgate had a win. So, but there's three games there, a couple of games there. Um, it's really already there's a Bunsen burner on a couple of clubs. So fantastic. Um, oh. That is bloody dead sexy. We're on to the next segment now. So we now go to the listeners' questions. So I'll fire off the first one to you, Tix. This one's from Daniel Eagle. If Graham can stay injury-free this year, what's your thoughts on him being a smoky for our BNF? He was in beast mode on Thursday night. Bog, in my opinion. Look, Daniel Eagle, very astute, mate. You must be a Spanish-Australian like I. Um, your footy IQ is through the roof. You could just tell that by the quality of your tweet. Um, look, Graham, like I sort of mentioned it, he's... I can. He's. I think more than a smoky. He's now had. It's four years or five years in the system. Michael's. He's been with us now four years. I think so. But I, from what I've read, this might be his first actual full preseason uninterrupted. Yeah. yeah and he's injury free. Um, you know, he had his leg and then the shoulder issues. So he's confident in his body. You could see that even in the preseason game. He was. He looked like a different player. He looked a lot more trim, a lot more proactive. 
Um, and uh, yeah, no, I've I've got him in my top three um, to be in the best and fairest, um, no doubt. Um, if he continues his form um, and the game's officiated the way it is, I could yeah see him definitely explode. And he was look, yeah, he was bog um, alongside Dusty. Just Dusty just slightly got the nod because he you know scored those goals. But yeah, Graham, we're going to be blessed to have him. Oh, I've got a question for you, CB. <laughs> um, now, this is from Jonathan Lawson. And it's not the Jonathan Lawson from the TV show, but it might be. Who knows? So make sure you get your right answer on here because you could be judged quite severely. Um, what was the key thing you noticed, were reminded of at the G, assuming you went, that you can't pick up on TV? That's obviously assuming that you stayed awake all the way through the game. Now... I'll just say, when this question was copied over, actually, Michaels has missed half the question. So after that, he says, I'm going with Viserial Schadenfreude, calmly watching the smiles get wiped off the blue baggers' faces after thinking they might win, then leaving before the siren. That's actually the full question. So first of all, good evening, Jonathan. Um, I guess the thing about the... uh, being at the ground and being down, you get the whole picture, right? So reading through some board comments and things on people judging Caddy or Marlon Pickett, if you had been at the ground and just seen the physical work that those two in particular did defensively to help out our team defence overall, um, that's the type of stuff that you see at the ground that you don't see on TV. So what you'll see on TV, you'll see Caddy turn over or Pickett turn over, but you don't see everything else around it. And... Um, we looked magnificent, and it was just magnificent being there. As for the crowd, oh, my. How sweet was it watching the blue supporters stream out of the ground before that final siren? I tell you, it was like all bloody 5,000 of them. They hit the exits pretty early, mate. They were – it was vintage Carlton, actually. The weak pricks couldn't gut it out. So um, it was wonderful. But overall, like everyone else – who had the privilege of being there, it was wonderful just to be there and watch the game unfold. I want to say thank you to everyone for sending through your photos as well, for those who are at the game. I thought it was great to see a thread full of pictures from the game. Did you get the sense of garlic sauce as they were streaming out of the exit gates? Um, <laughs> Mate, what I smelt was was um, what I smelt was desperation mm. and dreams shattered. Mm. Now, do you, do you give people a send off when they're leaving? See, but I could see you standing no, up just giving them no, a spray. No. Oh. You know, oh, I, I do. I, I have to be. I, I do. I do. I'm known for it. And I and I look. I'm not. I, I don't swear though. I just like I'm a bit different. Like I, you know, because the kids and stuff. But I give them a send off, like the golf clap. <laughs> or you know, no. or I just randomly blurt out tabuli tabuli, depending on who we're playing. Like you know, but um, it's all good. I will give you a true story though. So I'd gone to the Dunny, and I come back, and I was wearing a white Richmond, one of those white Richmond training hats, and I, I hear this something about hey white cap da da da, and I looked to my right, and no shit, there was three young Carlton punks, and they were giving me a little bit of a serve, right? I thought okay, and I looked at them and smiled, thumbs up, yep, good on you boys. If you reckon I didn't go look for those pricks when the song, like we just sang the song, and they and they had cleared off quite rightly because I was going to um, just ask them how they enjoyed the game, but maybe for, maybe for another one. Now I've got one here from Zero Fear. Woohoo, it's a good name. Is Caddy playing out of position? Could we try and find a spot in the forward line for him again, where I think he's strongest? Look, first I would like to say, Michaels, I would never, um, you know, proofread your copy um, copy and pasting. I'm, I've got too much class for that. So I'm just assuming this is the uh, exact question. I, I only uh, left that last video out because I thought if I have to say it, I'm not going to be able to. And I wasn't sure if you'd be you able know, to. I, so I, I, I played fully understanding of that, mate. Fully <laughs> understanding. You don't even have to justify. But I just, you know, I wanted to go and bat, you know, yeah. for one of my brothers, you know, shame on you, CB. But zero fear. <laughs> Let's move on. Zero fear. Great question, mate. Look, Katie's a funny one. See, I um, disagree with a lot of people on our board in relation to Caddy. I think he's in, he is definitely best 22. And if I can, I'll try as briefly as I can to explain why. What I think is what's happening, like we've done prior, what Dimmer has done prior, I think Caddy is getting a transformation period. Um, last year, obviously had his injuries, but we've earmarked that he can't continue being the player that he is in the forward pocket because it's not going to be a spot for him. You've got to realise we've got players like um, – we've got George Castagna getting better again every year. 
you've got Arts, you've got Morris Rioli, and you've got, you know, we've got depth in that area. So having him in the, in the forward pocket's going to, um, you know, stymie a bit of the growth in that area. So he's also was a very much look at me type player. Caddy and I love Cads, but he, that's his natural personality. Look at me, look at me. Very much like similar to CB if you play footy. Oh. <laughs> so uh, what's, what's happened now? What I think's happening is he's now getting re-educated to play a defensive winger role. He's got a good engine. He's not the biggest endurance athlete, though. He's gotten a lot better. But he's a big body, and he can do something that not many of our wingers can. Not even Camden. So Camden does it well. But he's an elite mark. He's an elite contested mark. And he plays taller than what he actually is. So... Um, his performance, look, from the TV, CB was spot on. From the TV, I only could see what I could see. But even on the TV, he stopped a lot of scoring chains running along that wing. So I actually think the wing spot is his um, is his um, spot for us. And the other reason, too, is he's got a huge, really great footy IQ. So if he needs to pinch hit in the midfield or run into the back line and be a, um, a release mark for the defenders kick to um, and create a contest, he'll do it. Um it's just, yeah, you just got to get used to a different caddy. Um, but I reckon it's worthwhile persisting with. He's definitely in our best 22. I have faith in him. I agree. Um, now, to your question, CB, and by the way, guys, CB and I always take the piss out of each other. It's all done with love, so no knickers in the twist, no hateful tweets from CB's parents or anyone else thinking I've been a bit too harsh. Um, get into him, Pricks. Get into him. <laughs> <laughs> Darrow Tiger. Or is it Dario? Dario. 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 Is it Dario or Dero? But, Dario. you know, who knows? Um, so, Dario Tiger, what do you think about the two ruck option? Basically, all 219 and up until Soldo was injured, we went with two rucks. Do you think we'll go back to that? Or do we stick with Asprey as Bolter back up? Um, I think right now, while everybody's adjusting to reduced interchange, speed of the game and longer quarters – we're going to stick with what we're doing right now. But having said that, Nankervis is going to need a break at some stage in the season because the game is just that bloody fast that there's no way that one ruck's going to get you through 23 games in a final series. just will not happen. So um, CCJ will have to get a go at some stage, I would imagine, in the middle middle months when, going, when she's a bit of a slog. That's, but I think for right now, um, what, you, what you are seeing, barring injury, is what we're going to go with. I don't so mind thank it. you for. Oh, sorry, Marcus. I, I, I don't mind it. I think, yeah, I agree with you. It's working, and then when the time comes, CCJ or Samson Ryan can fill the void and I'll maybe go. Absolutely. And look, thank you for the questions this week and keep them coming in for next week. Um, but now we move into the last third of the uh, potty. We get to do a preview of Richmond versus Hawthorne. Tiggs, kick us off. Yeah, Hawks. They look good, didn't they? Um, it, it, First, you know, the first half, they look shit. Second half, they what I liked about them, even when they were getting beaten, they've got some good quality kits. Um, they've also got that bit of spirit with them too. But in saying all that, if we get a repeat of last year, I'll think he can spew because they're a bottom four side. Um, they're probably still bad. I reckon, I reckon they know this too. They're two, three years away. Um, they've got a very soft underbelly. We should beat them... Um, our midfield should torch theirs. Though Jager and, and, and Mitchell had really good games. Um, but the Essendon midfield, particularly in that second quarter, smacked them out of the park. Now, we're talking about the Essendon midfield, right? Now, no disrespect to Essendon, but their Essendon midfield's not getting bashed up by a four-year-old girl. So they allowed that to happen for a quarter and a half, and that's a long time to get beaten up by such weak opposition. So um, their forward line isn't that great. Um, their back line is really is young. Um, and when I say not that great, they're just very young. Um, you know, you've got, you got the wrong mix of old and youth. The gap is too wide. Um, you know, they're playing impy in defence to try to to try to try um, bridge that, you know, getting the 20, 22 to 26-year-old um, to try to bridge that. But I don't rate him. He's in the wrong part of the ground. He should be more half forward. Um, so, yeah, look, I reckon we should beat them – um, by about five, six goals. I reckon it should be put them away in the first quarter. They'll fight, you know, do what they normally do. They've got a proud club, um, uh, but they're not the Hawks of three years ago or four years ago. Um, they'll be plucky. 
They'll be like Carlton. They might get even within three goals, but once we put the hammer down, they they should have no answer for it. But in saying all that, we could get done by 32 points. Why? It's the fucking early part of the year, and it's all around about four or five. We're, we're, we're vulnerable, like other top four sides. So I, I think Hawthorne's strength is their midfield. Um, they've got a young, in, in their forward line, they're trying that young Kaczynski, who looks like a likely type, but he's um, he's like praying mantis at the moment. There's not much on him. Uh, and their defence is bog, bog average. Um, so the only spot that I can see is giving, it, giving us any trouble is through the midfield. Um, McAvoy still very, he's a great ruckman actually, McAvoy. He's a fantastic footballer. And obviously, yeah, Mitchell will rack it up, um, do his usual crab shit, and Amira will try and be a big bully boy. But I just think overall, the consistency and the class of our overall outfit and the fact that, well, we'll go through the internet as a tick. I, I just think across the ground, we are a far more consistent, better football team than Hawthorne. Spot on. And, and that's that's really about it, what I see. Um, yeah. So you ins and outs, Tiggs, who are you thinking for this week? Oh, yeah, that's a funny one. Obviously, this will change when it gets probably Wednesday or Thursday, but just from the game, uh, I'm assuming Vlossen's going to play because we've got a 10-day break and it's a knock. So we're not going to know until probably Wednesday, but um, I'm just assuming he's playing. So let's say Vlossen stays in the side. Um I'm very tempted to keep the, the team as it was selected um, and probably just replace Pickett for Cochin, um as my only change. Um, not that Pickett did much wrong. Yeah, he was. He had some really nervy moments, but, you know, it's round one. Um, a lot of players did. You know, Baker wasn't his usual sort of self. So, you know, Baker, in my opinion, didn't play a great game. Um, Pickett played more, but... Pickett's more of a midfielder, so you replace like for like. So I'll probably put Cochin in, pick it out. Um, I agree with you, McAvoy. He's an absolute legend to me. I, I rate him as even if he's an opposition player. Um, he'll he, but they're playing him forward because they have to via necessity. Um, he might trouble us if they do the long bomb in, um, but if they do that, it's going to play into our hands more than than hurt us. But uh, yeah, my out would be um, Pickett. My in would be Cochin, and if assuming Vlosten stays in. If Lawson is out, I would actually put Cochin and Ross in for Pickett and uh, for Pickett and Vloss. Right, I'm going to pull you up on the Pickett stuff because you tried to drop in the last 15 games. No, not not so, necessarily 15. I would say more 11. Right. I think you're <laughs> I am. I am just going to bring this up, and this is because the Pickett stuff's really it's annoyed me. Not just yeah. you; it's just yeah. overall people bashing Pickett. That's all right. So as a club. Right, as a team, we value pressure, team defence, one percent of spoils, etc. Yep. I'm going to run through Saturday, uh, Thursday night's game. Fifteen players had less tackles than Marlon Pickett. Fifteen players had less defensive half pressure acts than Marlon Pickett. Nine players had less pressure pressure acts than Marlon Pickett. Eleven players had less disposals. Ten players had a worse disposal efficiency, and eleven players had less meters gained. So why Marlon Pickett is in some people's guns is mind-blowing because there's 11 players that should be in the gun before he is. I'll put my hand up. I had him in my gun, and then I re-watched the game, and I sort of realised the reason I think I had him initially in the gun is because late in the game, I think the ball was kicked back to him in the defensive 50, and he kind of spent it before he had it, dropped it, and I don't know if it cost a goal or not, but that moment stuck out to me when watching the game live, and that's what I was kind of hanging it on. But then when re-watching the game... The amount of times that he was sprinting back on the wing and into and like skidding a, a late fist onto a spoil to a, a loose Carlton player trying to take a mark, it was actually quite impressive. If I'm being honest, now I'm you, if, if you had been there, I'm telling you, if you, just based on what I was told you, if you had seen what I saw and 49 other thousand people at the MCG, you would never drop him. Look, and I get that, but my, on my defence, right? In my defence, Pickett hasn't got Pickett's. It's his. How many games he's had with us now? 22, 24. 20, yeah, 20. So the team around him, I don't know. It's For me, it's it's not his laconic nature. I know he does work rate. I know he does work rate. No issue with it. you got to keep in mind, I was harsh on McIntosh, right? Until um, McIntosh has, you know, his, his positives outweighed his negatives in my mind, right? At the moment with Pickett, it's not a personal against Pickett. It's just because of the position that he plays. Do I think 
um, Ross will benefit the team um, over Pickett in the medium oh, and long term. Yeah, do I think that? Yes, I do. Why? Ross is our future, and, uh, and Cochin is the captain of the football club. So um, that's the reason why I'm looking. If I had to choose Caddy, I want in solely for the fact is it's his first game back after a long stint of injury, and I think he deserves um, a period of sustained game time before you make a call. Really, the position Caddy's playing Hello. is between Caddy and Pickett. Can you hear me, mate? Mate, you, you're cutting that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I've lost you a few times. Yeah, yeah. It's between it's between Caddy and Pickett to me. That's the one position that they both tend to put opposite opposite wings for each other. So I don't know. It's nothing against Pickett. It's just looking on the balance of Hawthorne, where I think we can expose them, um, and what I believe um, the the ins that I've mentioned would bring in. That's someone has to go out. So for me, um, is Pickett. Who who are you um, putting in um, CB? Oh, out, sorry, well, mine's because easy. Because we're playing Hawthorne, I wouldn't risk Nick Floston. So I'd give Nick Floston the week off and I'd just bring in Trent Cotchin. And I'd actually move, because um, we've got a bit of versatility between McIntosh and guys like Pickett, I would actually play one of those guys off the half-back line. So maybe maybe Pickett goes onto the half-back line and um, Koch goes comes in as part of the midfield midfield division. So that's all I would do. One in, one out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a team, but but like I said, I've, I've just backed up my stance with Pickett and Data, and his numbers are far superior than half the team. And that's and if you see what yeah. he did around the ground, you wouldn't get rid of him. I was going to. He, he, wish... a... I'll go you. Mine's unrelated. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying for for what he does team orientated wise, which is the bigger picture because he's doing his role. Um, he won't be out of the team anytime soon. For the the sub role, do because Ross obviously played that role last week. Is it likely that he's going to have to play a full game in the VFL from a, a conditioning perspective, and that we will probably opt with someone else for that role? It'll have to happen at some stage because you can't just keep having a bloke playing forty minutes and, of footy. And I don't want that to. I mean, his quarter and a bit was outstanding. Actually, he was he was quite good. But it'd be interesting to see, yeah, how what they do sort of this week for that sub role. Could be like a, a Collier Dawkins, maybe. Well, like I said, I, I just think I think that. Yeah, it'd be, for me, it'd be lost in it. Don't risk him against the Hawks. It's not worth it. And um, I'll just bring Cochin in, and I'd have Ross as the sub. And um, I guess it's a good thing if you don't have to use him, but at some stage, he's going to need to play some games as well. So, moving to the last part. Predictions. Tiggs, go. Um, Richmond, um, in this one, I'd say around about 36 points. Um, I seriously think, um, yeah, I seriously think that we will split them open. I, I think um, the game last year will be still fresh in the boys' minds, and, um, yeah, we'll give them a bit of a lesson. Like it. Michaels? I hope we win because my wife's a Hawthorne supporter, and I'll be sitting with <laughs> her family this uh, week, assuming I'm not still sick. So I'll say Richmond by 27. I know I'm going well, really close to your margins, Tiggs. I do apologise, but I, I like where you're going. Yeah, fantastic, man. And clearly, clearly, Michael's isn't interested in intimate relations for the next month. <laughs> and uh, for mine, again, I went to the computer, Dexter, and he told me that we're going to win by thirty-seven plus fifty-nine. What, <laughs> what's the, what's the total on that? Because I've ninety-six points. Ninety-six. Now that one's not as far fetched as what last week's was. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know, but but there it is. No, no, look, I think in, in reality, I think it's going to be a pretty pretty good win. Uh, the, and 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 I'll say this: this is one of those ones we need to get the goddamn percentage. So we do need to put the sword through these pricks and get some percentage up to help us for our ladder position. Put this way, Port um, they troubled by North um, in the first quarter and um, put them to the sword, um, particularly in the second quarter. Um, and then after after the damage was done, it was pretty even after that. What we need to do is have a poor quarter. So we need, like, for a quarter and a half, absolutely dispirit them because they've got a young young team in. The kids will drop their heads, um, and then we should be able to run with it. Um, plus, it's at the G. Um, it's at the G, isn't it? It's not at Marvel. Yeah, so actually Sunday, Sunday, 1 p.m. If you can at get, the there, get there, get there. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's at the G. So it's not like the, the game last year was at Marvel, wasn't it? Uh, no, I thought it was at the G as well. I think, well, let me check it on the Googles. Um, but I thought it was um, I thought it was in Marvel. 
Well, anyway, I can't be fucked looking on Google. Um, but yeah, even if regardless, but yeah, we should we good sides have memories. So yeah, we we should pop their um, bubble hopefully. Fingers crossed. Well, as you said, CB, it's Sunday. It was at 10 past one. Make sure you all get down there. And for those who are going, make sure you do cheer extra loud because who knows how many Richmond people will be allowed in. Um, thank you both for tonight. I thought you did a, an outstanding job running the show and allowed me just to sit back and preserve my voice. I've almost coughed three times trying to speak this sentence, but uh, really appreciate your work tonight, fellas. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, I love the passion, CB. Keep it up, mate. I'll, let's look. Let's hope Picker gets picked. It's um, this week, and so next show I can say I want him dropped <laughs> and just, just watch the head explode with your, with you your data you and facts. He's only, but he got 2,269 metres gained. Yeah, look. Um, but you know, that do me a favour. Get, get one yeah. of those team magnets, put Pickett's yeah. name on it, and just stick it in a fucking microwave and just get it done, will you? No, you don't have to do it, talk no, about every week, every It's again. just his age, dude. He's 29. He's oh my god! We should shoot. Age. We no, should put him down. Yeah, he's twenty nine. No, no, if I can put a young kid in, but he, but in, even on all the stats data that you put, I have had a look on my phone. I just had a look. It was an average game. It was a bog average game. It wasn't like you said. In fairness, a lot of other players had bog average games too, without a doubt. Um, but it was a bog average game. He needs to lift at twenty nine years of age. I'm sorry, you're a senior player. You need to. Your 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 worst should be higher than what you performed, but in saying that, I you have to admit, give me defence. I said he was he, he 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 was better than a lot of other players. I did say that um, last week. The only reason I'd pick him, but you know, we don't want to just show to go for two hours. But let's right. hope for next weekend. But I just wanted you to go to bed tonight when you take your medication, CB, and you're getting tucked <clears> in. <throat> Please understand, I don't hate Pickett, right? Please believe me when I tell you that I don't. Mate, I've stuck my mail and pick a badge on while I'm talking to you. <laughs> and you go, <laughs> nah, I, I rate him. He's a tiger for life. I can, for me, he's... Cult hero. You know, yeah, of course. I'd give him a reach around any time I saw him, you I'll know? Tune in Pits for up. round two or three next week as the battle continues about Marlon Pickett spotting the side. Yes. But we should call, call it the Mar- Marlon... We should have a Marlon Pickett segment. But we should <laughs> do it Pickett straight watch. after the bloodbath when it's all <laughs> up and pumping and, you know... But, uh, very awesome. good, fellas. And thank you, Michael, for you know doing what you're doing. CB, thank you for hosting the show, son. You you were brilliant early. You were fantastic in the middle, but then you did an Eddie Maguire at the end, mate. So <laughs> it seemed to be good. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> I had a proud, I had a proud, proud moment. Proud day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hosting <laughs> the <laughs> show. <laughs> Uh, very good, fellas. Thank you so much again for your efforts tonight in uh, my state. Much appreciated. And hopefully we get another win this week and we can back, be back again next week talking about another good win. So until next time, go Tigers. Smash these goo-chugging pricks. Percentage. Yep.